0: Hormone therapy really needs a PR firm. Most people think it's right up there with cigarettes and asbestos is something that will more likely than not give you not only breast cancer, but also other life-threatening cancers. In this episode, I'm going to set the record straight and tell you the facts when it comes to using estrogen and your risk of getting ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, cervical cancer, and the three most common non-gynecologic cancers, breast, lung, and colorectal. And if you already have one of those kinds of cancers, I'm going to give you the latest data on when it's okay to take estrogen and when it's not okay to take estrogen. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, a gynecologist, selling author, and a nationally recognized menopause expert. When it comes to menopause midlife and what comes after, I'm betting you've not gotten a lot of information from your own doctor. If women are given good information, they'll make good choices. And I'm here to give you the inside information. I was sifting through questions that had come in, and there were three regarding the use of hormones and the association with cancer, and they came in within days of each other. The first was from Helen. My name is Helen, and my question is, is a woman who is in menopause or perimenopause more susceptible to some type of female cancer? If she was on the birth control during her 20s and 30s, in particular, a birth control that was higher in estrogen. Cindy's question was also about the relationship between hormones and cancer, but was specifically about postmenopause hormone therapy. I'm 56 years old, and I've got a family history of breast, uterine, cervical, and ovarian cancers. I myself have not been diagnosed with any of those cancers. I've BRAC tested and I'm negative. I get annual mammograms, both digital and ultrasound. Questions for you. First, is it safe to use transdermal or vaginal systemic estrogen with a family history of so many cancers? And secondly, how about testosterone? Third question came by email. So I'm going to read it to you. Help. I'm 63 years old, have always been in excellent health, exercise daily, eat super healthy, rarely processed food. I have a BMI of 19. I was taking two milligrams of oral estradiol, 200 milligrams of progesterone, and a testosterone cream for seven years when I was diagnosed with endometrial cancer. I had a full hysterectomy in June and am now suffering from all the menopausal symptoms. Is it safe for me to take hormone therapy? The five oncologists I've spoken to, including Mayo Clinic, say I should not take anything. Please let me know your thoughts. So three questions. Do hormones taken prior to menopause increase the risk of cancer? Does hormone therapy used during peri or postmenopause increase the risk of cancer? And finally, if you have cancer, is it safe to take estrogen to help with symptoms? Symptoms that are often a result of radiation, chemotherapy, or surgery to treat the cancer. Let's face it, walk up to anyone on the street and ask if estrogen causes cancer, you'll get the equivalent of a duh, everyone knows that it does, but that's not true. And while the biggest misconception is that it causes breast cancer, lots of people think it causes many other kinds of cancer. In my survey of women who use cannabis for relief of menopause symptoms, one of the questions I ask is, why do you choose to use cannabis instead of estrogen? 43% of responders said that they avoided estrogen out of fear of breast cancer, but an additional 13% avoided estrogen out of fear of cancer in general. So more than half of women who use cannabis do so because they believe that estrogen causes cancer. And almost one of four of those women who avoid estrogen out of fear of cancer are not just thinking about breast cancer, but I'm data-driven. So- I'm going to go through the data on what is known on the chances that using estrogen will increase your risk of getting cancers, and also if it's okay to use estrogen with a cancer diagnosis. Obviously, everyone's situation is different, so you need to check with your doctor, but I'm going to give you a summary of the studies that have been done. I'm going to start with gynecologic cancers like ovarian, uterine, and cervical, and then move on to the most common non-gynecologic cancers, breast, lung, and colorectal. And just to be clear, throughout this episode, when I refer to estrogen, I am not referring to the use of a local estrogen that is applied to the vulva and vagina in the form of a cream ring tablet or insert. Local vaginal estrogen does not increase the risk of any kind of cancer, any kind. And it can be used by women with virtually any cancer diagnoses, despite the very scary FDA warnings that are on every local vaginal estrogen product. Multiple scientific studies confirm that despite what the FDA warning says, use of a local vaginal estrogen does not increase the risk of blood clots, dementia, or cancer. There has been a movement for years on the part of menopause experts to get those misleading warnings removed. So enough on that. For the remainder of this episode, the estrogen use I'm referring to is systemic estrogen in the form of a pill, transdermal patch, transdermal gel transdermal spray, or femring, that's being used to decrease hot flashes and support things like bone health. First up is the most common gynecologic cancer, uterine cancer, also known as endometrial cancer. Risk factors include age, obesity, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and having a genetic mutation, specifically, Lynch syndrome, the same mutation that's also responsible for an increased risk of colon cancer. There's also recent data that shows a very strong association between the use of chemical hair straighteners and uterine cancer. In episode 57, I go through the specifics on how to reduce your personal risk, uterine cancer. Before I get to the use of hormone therapy during menopause, I want to mention that women that take birth control pills, which is a higher dose of estrogen, of course, than we find in hormone therapy, have a significant reduction in the risk of developing uterine cancer, a protection that lasts decades after stopping birth control pills. The reason that birth control pills are good for the uterine lining is that the combination of estrogen and progestogen found in pills prevents any abnormal buildup. The lining of the uterus remains thin and inactive. This is especially helpful for women who have polycystic ovarian syndrome or women who have excess weight that are at increased risk for developing a uterine lining that's too thick. The same principle applies to peri- and post-menopause hormone therapy. Hormone therapy that prevents a buildup of tissue is protective. Hormones that do not prevent a buildup of tissue can increase your risk. So it's not the use of hormones that's the issue. It's how you use hormones. Which hormones you use that will determine if hormone therapy is protective or increases risk. Specifically, taking estrogen will significantly increase the risk of uterine cancer if it is taken Unopposed Unopposed means that you're taking estrogen, but not using a progestogen, not using enough progestogen or using an inappropriate progestogen like yam cream or compounded progestogen. In episode 35, I talk about compounded transdermal progesterone creams and the fact that they do not protect the uterine lining. In one study published by the North American Menopause Society, in a group of 324 women, there were four cases of endometrial cancer in women using compounded hormone therapy compared to zero cases of endometrial cancer in the group using commercial products. The reasons these progesterone creams don't work is the molecule is poorly absorbed through the skin. Systemic progesterone levels simply never get high enough to protect the uterine lining using a compounded progesterone cream is essentially the equivalent of using nothing, which is why there are no FDA approved progesterone products in the form of a transdermal cream. This is news to women who have no idea that the so-called expert that's prescribing these hormones is recommending products that have never been evaluated or approved by the FDA. So just to be clear, Women who use compounded hormone therapy are at a higher risk of developing uterine cancer, but the estrogen is not the culprit. It's the lack of an appropriate progestogen that increases the risk. But on the flip side, women who use a continuous progestogen or a progestogen alternative, that's the right dose and the right type, have a lower risk of developing uterine cancer than women who do not use postmenopause hormone therapy. The details for appropriate progestogen options are in episode 80, the problem with progestogen. What about the woman who's been diagnosed with uterine cancer and underwent hysterectomy as a part of her treatment? A lot of these women are often told they can't take estrogen, but that's actually not supported by data. Studies in which women with a stage one endometrial cancer are given estrogen, show no difference in recurrence or survival compared to women who do not take estrogen. Systemic hormone therapy though is not advised with high-grade, advanced-stage endometrial cancers or with endometrial stromal sarcomas or leiomyosarcomas. sarcomas. Not because there's a known increase in recurrence, but because so few women in that group have historically been given estrogen and there's no good data which points in one direction or another. There are insufficient studies to prove if it's harmful or has any impact on survival rates. So for women with a more advanced uterine cancer, the decision to take estrogen is between her and her oncologist. But it's important to know that the absence of data is not the same as data which shows it's harmful. So it really comes down to how severe the symptoms are in shared decision-making. Moving on to ovarian cancer. Ovarian cancer is not the most common gynecologic cancer, but ovarian cancer causes more deaths than any other gynecologic malignancies since it's usually diagnosed at a late stage and is therefore less treatable. A family history and genetic mutation, such as a BRCA mutation significantly increases someone's risk. But most women who get ovarian cancer have no known family history. Age is a big factor, and over half of ovarian cancers occur in women who are over the age of 63 being overweight, having kids later in life, or not at all, are also known risk factors. Notice what's not on the list is the use of hormones. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Most women are surprised to learn that one of the biggest ways to reduce not just uterine cancer, but also ovarian cancer is by taking birth control pills. It's actually not news that taking birth control pills reduces the risk of both ovarian and uterine cancer. It's been known for years. What is new how long that protection lasts. Because birth control pills have now been around for 60 years, it means there's now a huge number of women who took pills in their teens or 20s, and they're now in their 60s and 70s. And there was a recently published study that followed over 250,000 women that had taken birth control pills. And 30 years after they stopped taking their pill, they still had a significantly lower risk of developing ovarian and uterine cancer than women who never took birth control. And you know how some doctors tell you that birth control pills should only be taken for a short time or need to be stopped by 35 or 40. Well, unless someone is a smoker, it's not true. In this study, while short-term use was beneficial, the longer women took pills, the better. But birth control pills, which put ovulation on hiatus and give your ovaries a little vacation, is not the same as menopausal hormone therapy. Hormone therapy is given to women whose ovaries are already on vacation, permanent vacation. While the data is straightforward when it comes to birth control pills, the data on post-menopause hormone therapy is slightly mixed. In one study, there was a very slight increased risk of ovarian cancer in women using hormone therapy. Other studies, such as the Women's Health Initiative, WHI, showed no increased risk. Overall, most experts agree that there is no compelling data that menopausal hormone therapy will increase ovarian cancer risk. One special group are women who have the highest increased risk of developing ovarian cancer, women with a BRCA mutation. This group often has ovaries removed at a very young age to prevent ovarian cancer and is suddenly thrust into an early surgical menopause. Well, there's good news on this one. Hormone therapy use in women with BRCA1 and BRCA2 genetic variants is not associated with an increased risk of developing ovarian cancer down the road. This is so important, since women who go through menopause early not only have the most intense hot flashes, but are also at very significant risk of long-term impact on cardiovascular health and bone health. What about the woman who's living with an ovarian cancer diagnosis? Is it safe for her to take some estrogen? Well, yeah, it seems to be okay. A number of studies show that the use of hormone therapy after a diagnosis of epithelial ovarian cancer, the most common type of ovarian cancer, does not appear to affect recurrence risk or survival rates. At this time, the same does not hold true for women with hormone-dependent ovarian cancers, such as granulosa cell tumors and serous carcinomas. Since those tumors are estrogen-dependent, hormone therapy is not advised. When it comes to less common gynecologic cancers, such as vulvar cancer, vaginal cancer, and tubal cancer, there is no evidence to suggest that using estrogen therapy in any way increases the risk of getting those cancers or increases the risk of recurrence of cancer with continued use. Likewise, cervical cancer. These cancers are not estrogen dependent, and there is no reason to avoid taking hormone therapy. Moving on to non-gynecologic cancers. You've heard me say it a million times. Estrogen receptors don't just live in reproductive organs. Estrogen receptors are in pretty much every tissue in the body. And that's why a lack of estrogen impacts your bones, brain, bladder, joints, etc. But while it's biologically plausible, that estrogen will impact cancer risk in non-gynecologic organs, the presence of estrogen receptors does not automatically mean that there is an increased risk of developing cancer with the use of estrogen. So let's get into the specifics. The most common non-gynecologic cancers in women are breast cancer, lung cancer, and colon rectal cancer. Together, these three account for roughly 50% of cancer diagnoses in women. I'm going to start with lung cancer, the third most common cancer, but the leading cause of cancer death in the United States, not breast, lung. Now, smoking is the number one risk factor. While most people don't even think about the connection between estrogen therapy and lung cancer, estrogen receptors have been identified in both healthy lung tissue and lung cancer tissue. However, good news. The aggregate of several studies identify no consistent association between hormone therapy use and lung cancer risk. The consensus is that taking estrogen will not increase the likelihood of lung cancer in non-smokers. There is a possibility that in smokers, hormone therapy may increase their baseline risk, but the data is not solid. And in any case, clearly the most important thing is not to stop estrogen, but to stop smoking. If someone already has lung cancer, the use of estrogen will not influence the course of the disease. And the Menopause Society states, there appears to be an overall neutral effect of hormone therapy on lung cancer incidence and survival. Second on the list is breast cancer. I've talked about this in a lot of other episodes. I'm not going to go through it all here. Other than to say estrogen therapy in women will reduce the risk of breast cancer by 18%. Estrogen and medroxyprogesterone together slightly increase the risk of breast cancer But estrogen with other progestogens, such as a micronized progesterone, does not impact the risk of breast cancer. The details and further explanation are in episode 31, The Truth About Hormone Therapy, Does It cause or Does It Prevent Breast Cancer? I also did a deep dive into using estrogen in women that already have a breast cancer diagnosis in episode 65, The Dilemma of Menopause and Breast Cancer with Dr. Corinne Men, who's a breast cancer survivor and gynecologist, who makes an excellent case that the notion that you can't take estrogen when you have breast cancer isn't a given and is not based on any solid scientific research. There's essentially no data on the impact of hormone therapy on recurrence or mortality. And in the absence of data, most women are universally told not to use estrogen with the breast cancer diagnosis. All right, finally, colon rectal cancer. Colon rectal cancer is the third most common cancer in women and the third leading cause of cancer death. Risk factors include being sedentary, obesity, smoking, and most important, not getting screened. While there appears to be no benefit associated with past hormone therapy use, studies generally support a decreased risk of colon rectal cancer in current hormone therapy users compared with never users. And one theory of why women who currently are taking estrogen therapy are protected is that Women who are getting prescriptions for hormones are more likely to be seeing a doctor than women who don't take hormones, and therefore are more likely to get their colonoscopy. So it may not be the estrogen therapy per se that's protecting them, but the fact that they're in the system and getting routine medical screening. But- It is interesting to note that estrogen reduces colon cancer cell growth in the lab, and yes, there are abundant estrogen receptors in the colon. In the Women's Health Initiative trials, use of estrogen plus progestogen was associated with a reduced risk of colon rectal cancer compared to the placebo group. So to return to the original questions, Helen, this is an easy one. If anything, your use of hormonal contraception early in life has significantly decreased your risk of developing ovarian or uterine cancer later in life. Tracy, hard for me to answer your question, but since five oncologists have said no, I assume that you don't have a low-grade stage one cancer. If you've not already done so, you can always ask if the recommendation to not take estrogen is based on specific research regarding your type and stage of cancer or... Or is it a recommendation made in the absence of data under the heading of, we don't know and better to be cautious? And if that's the case, estrogen may not be out of the question, but you're going to have to find someone who's willing to prescribe it. Cynthia, with your family history of breast, uterine, and cervical cancer, the best thing you can do to reduce your risk of cancer is to maintain a healthy body weight, not smoke, and get routine screening. Based on what you told me, there's no reason for you to avoid hormone therapy. You also asked about testosterone. There's very little data on the impact of testosterone on cancer. Nothing to suggest it increases risk, just very little data. But having said that, your family history, based on what we know, is not a reason to avoid testosterone therapy, especially if it's given in appropriate physiologic doses, meaning avoid pellets. Pellets are associated with an increase in uterine cancer, which is related to the inappropriate and unregulated sky-high levels of both estrogen and testosterone. All three of these questions were really good and continue to remind me just how difficult it is to change someone's perception. Too often, people believe things to be true that are based on old information or no information, and it doesn't help when a trusted doctor is the one spreading the misinformation. Just today, I got a call from a friend who wanted some guidance. Her gynecologist, who she trusted and adored, had told her at age 55 to go off of her birth control pill. Totally reasonable. When she started having insomnia, hot flashes, and vaginal dryness, she went back to her gynecologist, who told her the safest, best thing for her to do was to go to Whole Foods and buy some red clover. I know this gynecologist. He's a good doctor. He's really smart. He practices at my hospital and is on the faculty of the medical school. Red clover? Really? Sometimes I think the only way to get the facts out is to start over. So hear me out on this one. Imagine if a brand new drug was invented called, I don't know, menopause magic. Bad name, but stick with me. If menopause magic was scientifically shown to decrease the risk of breast cancer and also eliminated hot flashes, helped you sleep, prevented osteoporosis, boosted your brain, made sex more slippery, and bumped up your libido, menopause magic would be without question a blockbuster drug. Who wouldn't want to take it? But estrogen which is scientifically shown to decrease the risk of breast cancer, in addition to eliminating hot flashes, helping you sleep, preventing osteoporosis, boosting your brain, making sex more slippery and bumping up your libido is currently used by less than 10% of women who would benefit and rarely recommended by doctors, even good doctors. Like I said, what estrogen really needs is a PR campaign and maybe a catchy new name. So to summarize this whole thing, as far as uterine cancer, birth control pills in young women reduce the risk of developing uterine cancer down the road. Appropriate use of menopausal hormone therapy will also decrease the risk of developing uterine cancer. If women with the stage one endometrial cancer are given estrogen, there's no increase in recurrence and there's no change in survival rate. There is currently insufficient data to know the impact of hormone therapy on high-grade advanced stage endometrial cancers or with endometrial stromal sarcomas or leiomyosarcomas. sarcomas. Ovarian cancer. Like uterine cancer, birth control pills in young women reduce the risk of developing ovarian cancer later in life. The preponderance of data does not show an increased risk of ovarian cancer in women who use hormone therapy. The use of hormone therapy after a diagnosis of epithelial ovarian cancer does not appear to affect recurrence risk or survival. At this time, for women with hormone-dependent ovarian cancers, such as granulosa cell tumors and serous carcinomas, hormone therapy is not advised. Vulvar, vaginal, and cervical cancers, not impacted by hormone therapy use, either in terms of increasing risk of developing cancer or recurrence after diagnosis. As far as the non-gynecologic cancers, Hormone therapy has no impact on getting lung cancer and does not appear to change the course of the disease once diagnosed. Breast cancer is reduced with estrogen, and the slight increase that's seen is only in women who use estrogen combined with medroxyprogesterone acetate for more than five years. Hormone therapy appears to decrease the risk of colon rectal cancers, but at least some of that decrease may be due to increased screening in that population. So the take-home message as far as colon cancer is, it's fine to use hormone therapy, but what's really important is to get screened starting at age 45, earlier if you're high risk. If you have a question you would like me to address on future episodes, use the link in the program notes to record your question. I'm Dr. Lauren Stryker, and thank you for joining me. You will find lots more information in my Inside Information books available on Amazon.com. And follow Francie as she navigates her way through vaginal dryness, hot flashes, and pretty much every menopausal symptom you can think of.